0: What is happening everybody? Here we go again. Another Monday, another episode of the podcast. I hope you're doing well. I hope you had a splendid weekend. Um, And I am here to get you started in the right way. So it, we got a great episode today. But before we get into the episode, I got to do some housekeeping. You know I have to do it. So um, my main sponsor for this podcast as you can tell by the name as, and as you can tell by the previous episodes is the headshot crew. Guys, headshot crew is the coaching platform for anything related to portrait photography in general. We're very specialized in headshot photography, but really the knowledge that you get from headshot crew, you can pretty much apply to any realm of um of the portrait photography genre. So, for instance, I started out my portrait um, career as a headshot photographer exclusively. I would only shoot headshots because was the it was the thing that fascinated me the most about uh, portrait photography. But since I expanded into more of a commercial portrait and um, like editorial portraits. I'm. St- I find that I'm still using a lot of the knowledge that I got from the headshot crew when it comes to um, facial expression and in- interaction with my portrait subject in general. So if you sp- tend to struggle with that, um, I would recommend you join the headshot crew. If you want to give us a shot, uh, just join the crew. Use the promo code free month. When you join and you will get a free month in the headshot Crew, you still have to enter your credit card, but you will not be charged until that month is over. So if you're not a part of the headshot Crew, make sure you join us, give us a try, and I guarantee you'll love it and you'll stay forever. Just become a member. It's a no brainer, guys. All right. So this week we have a lot of shout outs, a lot of shout outs. So for headshot of the week this week, uh, we had Inga Ornelas, uh win this week. So congratulations, Inga. That was a really good shot. Uh, we also had, so it was the beginning of the month. So at the beginning of the month, we do a lot of contests. So um, the PhD competition, which is essentially headshot of the month, uh, was won by Nitan Sapra uh congratulations really cool shot and then we had the first ever portrait of the month from the from so in headshot crew if you're not familiar with it we have several tracks of coaching uh we've always had a headshot track but we wanted to include a little portrait track as well so portrait track is where we include our commercial portraiture and we had our first ever portrait of the month And this month's winner was Greg Thomason. So congratulations, Greg. Uh, Again, congratulations to all contest winners. Here's your quick shout out, guys. Um, Great shots, great work, great job. Keep it up. Also, I want to give a quick and special shout out to our newest Headshot Crew associate photographers, guys. Um, so if you're, again, if you're not familiar with this process, um, once you have a a solid portfolio, you can, um, take it up for review with, uh, Peter Hurley. And if he approves 15 of your shots, you then become an associate photographer in the headshot crew. And this, just this past week, we had two new associates uh, one is here in Lisbon, Portugal, where I reside, and his name is Mr. Tor Stensula, and the other one is Mr. Ivan Weiss, uh, and he's over at, uh, he's over at, um, he's in London, England. So congratulations, guys. I am so proud of you. You guys did amazing and just unbelievable progress. Just congratulations, guys. You did great. All right. Enough housekeeping. Uh, guys, let's get down to it. This week, I have the uh, massively talented Mr. Kent Meister. He is a headshot and commercial portrait photographer in New York City uh, based out of Brooklyn. Um, and we had an amazing conversation. I-, I loved talking to Kent. It was great. I hope you guys enjoy it. And... Um, that's it, let's get down to it.
1: All right, enough of that, get over here. We're gonna start right now. Three, two, one, back,
0: Ladies and gentlemen, Kent Meister is in the house. This is very exciting. What's going on, Kent?
1: Hey Pedro, how's it going, man? I'm happy to be here.
0: Oh, I'm so glad to have you. So I haven't talked to you since. And this is crazy. 2015, when I was in New York.
1: That's right. It was. Yeah, we um we got to work together for a little bit, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. that. I did some assisting for you in a in a
1: job in a corporate job. Yes, yes, exactly. That's. Uh, I feel like those those are are the bread and butter right now for sure.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um But anyway, it's it's uh it's nice to have you on. Um. Thank you for for taking time to do this. Uh. So let me start by asking you. I'm always I'm always curious about this. So, what's the background? What's your background like? So how did you get, um, into this industry? In, industry, Sheesh.
1: Into the photography industry. Yes. Um, that's what I'm trying to say. Yes. Um. Yeah. Cool. Well, let's see. I mean, my background it's pretty similar. At least uh, in that I know that you have a like an acting background as well. And uh, I know yeah. it's a kind of that kind of a common sort of thread, I feel like, uh, with a lot of us. But uh, so I my background is an actor. I grew up in uh, Oklahoma and studied theater at University of Tulsa uh, there and moved to New York with I mean, that was the that was the 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 direction, you know. So that was probably roughly around not rough, 2004 and probably my first I mean. I mean, for the first few years in New York, I was uh, you know, doing a lot of acting, a lot of theater, some like, you know, small TV stuff. Um, but, you know, also, you know, doing the New York actor thing and like bartending, waiting tables, you know, uh, uh, some temp work here and there. This is, uh, you know, the, uh, so, the sort of usual setup. Yeah. But um, And I had taken photos before, but it wasn't like anything that was really in the forefront of my mind until like a, a few of my friends were getting like DSLRs and, uh, and, you know, doing like, uh, you know, artsy kind of stuff. And, uh, I was, you know, kind of interested in it from, uh, also from a, like a gear perspective too. I just found it like sort of intriguing. So I went and I bought like a used, uh, used, uh, like Nikon. God, I think it was like a D 80 or something like that. Um, from B and H and just started messing around with it but it wasn't until um I was with another photographer who was doing headshots doing headshots for me um but it was like a friend situation. Like they were just, we were just like, it it was the type of shooting situation that I would honestly probably try to steer clear of (laughs) for myself right now. (laughs) Um, But that, like I had my camera with me and like, you know, and I was taking like, and I took some pictures of her, but you know, it was, uh, it was, I mean, she was doing me a favor basically. Um, But uh, I got a few shots where I was like, Oh yeah, no, I think I, you know, got that looks pretty good. And like, I actually ran across this shot, like, a few months back, like tucked away somewhere on a hard drive. And, uh, you know, it's like not very good at all. I think that I was, I think I, I, you know, had discovered shallow depth of field or something like that, you know, and like, oh boy, (laughs) yeah, so I was, uh, I was pretty taken, taken with myself, you know, there for a second. But, um, but I saw like, you know, I saw other people, you know, uh, friends of mine that were starting to shoot and I started to feel competitive, like thinking that I was like, you know, I think that I could do this. I think I saw a, a way to first to, make some extra money. And, um, I was getting really tired of, of bartending. Um, like the hours of that were really just like really wearing me down. Um, and at the time too, I was producing, I was, um, had a small production company, um, with some friends of mine where, um, we were working on uh, producing feature film scripts. Um, and I initially thought if I can start making money from photography, then I will have to be at the restaurant less and I'll have more time to audition and uh, and, and pursue more acting work. But um, as I got just deeper into it, I mean, just, uh, you know, I just, you know, got obsessed in the way that you do. Like I was just spending all of my time thinking about photography thinking about how to get better at what I was doing like being on you know online just all the time just like just trying to soak up as much you know knowledge as possible and and it just got to a point where people like more people were like paying me to do <laughs> to uh, to take photos than they were to uh, you know uh, uh to do uh theater or film so I started to kind of like take notice of that and I just had it was you know it had really become um, more of my, uh, my passion. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how I found. So like head doing headshots and things like that was definitely kind of my way, my way into the industry as it were.
0: And did you, when you started, was your, uh, main body work shooting actors?
1: Yes, absolutely. I mean, in, in, it was kind of a natural progression because those were my friends, you know, so I could start out like, shooting, you know, a bunch of people for free, you know, to try to like build up, uh, build up my portfolio and, um, and kind of get um, referrals going that way. So yeah, it was definitely all actor based at first.
0: And then how did you um, transition? Because nowadays, you do mostly corporate
1: work. Is that right? Um, Yeah, I'm splitting. I mean, right now, I would say the majority of what I do is corporate headshots and corporate commercial photography um i probably i don't share like i don't post quite as much of that stuff but it's definitely kind of like the breadwinning like the breadwinning jobs that like lets me be able to also like you know pursue more of the uh the editorial work that i'd like to do um and uh and other kind of portraiture of that nature but uh yeah over the years the the I mean, the corporate jobs just really seem to be, like, the most sustaining um, contracts to to work on. And how did you
0: transition from shooting mainly actors into
1: uh, the corporate world? Well, you know, it's funny. I actually – my first, like, corporate client was actually first a wedding client um, because I was, you know, shooting weddings too, of which, you know, I still – Uh, Do from time to time. It's a little uh, it's a lot less on that these days. But, uh, uh, you know, also shooting weddings, Um, had a client who uh, worked at a private equity firm here and and she, you know, asked, hey, do you do headshots like we need like, you know, somebody, you know, to uh, to come in, give me a quote. And so, and I started with them and it was, uh, and it was really lucky because they were a very big client with offices, uh, all over the world. Um, so I got really lucky, you know, in that, in that, like I had that referral. So once I had them and met people in that world, it, it, it really started to happen on a really referral based way. Like I didn't have, like, a ton of corporate work, like, up on my website. I just, like, kept meeting a lot of people. And, like, some people from that job, like, would leave that firm and go to a different firm. But they would still, like, bring, they would then bring me on to, uh, you know, the new company that they worked at. Um, So things really snowballed. And it was really through starting to do some of that work that I was was around when I was able to like finally go full-time with photography and like not have like, you know, any of the other side jobs.
0: Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, so what about, um, how much of your work are you going on location versus in studio work?
1: Oh, Oh, I'm like, man, I'm on location. Like I would say most of the time, uh, these days, um, like all of the corporate stuff is like me going to them and, uh, and, and it's a real variety too. And, uh, in that like, sometimes, you know, we're setting up, you know, a full on like studio, like in their place and shooting on the backdrops and doing all that. Um, uh, but then like a lot of times, like we're doing kind of like environmental, uh, you know, sort of headshots, um, like within their office spaces, which, uh, always like kind of provides its, uh, its challenges. Um, uh, I mean, like walking into these places, I feel like, like the first thing I see are all like the myriad of different fluorescent lights that seem to get installed in office buildings all over America <laughs> with, uh, <laughs> uh, color temperatures, you know, like, uh, like ranging all over the place. So, um, so yeah, we've uh, we've definitely gotten good over the years at uh, being able to like you know to uh, like spot exit signs that we can unscrew from uh, unscrew from ceilings and selective gelling you know over different uh, areas of the ceilings. Like we've kind of we've got uh, got all that down now. But I really I really enjoy uh, being able to kind of to work like that and kind of vary things up a bit. Kind of like yeah. It keeps things interesting.
0: Oh, so you prefer going on location versus working in your
1: environment? Well, I mean, I like the challenge of it for sure um, because, yeah, like every every day is a little bit different like that and I, I, I do tend to prefer that. I mean, there is definitely, some, I mean, something to be said for like just needing to get like uh, you know, a particular thing done where like there, you're taking like other variables, uh, that you can't control, like out of the equation. Like I do have, like, since I don't have my own, like I've got studi- two studios that I shoot a- shoot at, uh, here in the city, but they're more like, uh, like I share them with a collection of other photographers. Cause rent is super, you know, crazy it's, here in New, it is York, New York city. It is New York city. But, um, and I mean, I, I I mean, don't get me wrong. I love working in the studio, too, especially in, you know, in an environment where like I know exactly what I'm going to get. And there's like going to be no guesswork because there are times going on location where you set one thing up uh, that you feel like, you know, a setup that you feel like you have down cold. But then, for some reason, like something is weird, like something is off, and you got got to figure out, you know, what it is that's uh, that's at play, you know, that's that's not normally at play in the studio. So, um, yeah, it has its challenges, but um, but yeah, no, I, uh, I I work with a lot of uh, good assistants too. That uh, so we have fun going on location, figuring that stuff out.
0: Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, and then, do you shoot? Do you tend to shoot? Um when you're shooting these corporate gigs is it all individual shots or do you some like do you sometimes do any group shots or something
1: Um usually it's individual um like I mean more often than not it's a it's like a portrait based um assignments whether it's headshots or something that like feels a little bit more like corporate lifestyle um so like group shots will usually get thrown in, like, like kind of like at the end, like at the. Usually, it's something I feel like a lot of them will want to spring, like spring on me, <laughs> kind of like out of out of out of nowhere, oh, which is yeah. uh, which is always fun. It's like, oh, we got everybody together. Let's like do like you know just a quick group shot, no big deal. Um, which you know, as you know, like uh, they're like you know like everything can go wrong with trying to put together like a uh you know group shot that actually looks good like you know like just throwing it together with uh you know with minute with uh with minimal warning but um yeah no so I mean I don't do a ton of them but when but you know when I do like you know it's it's been one of the things I've really like actively been working on recently. And I was uh, actually talking with another photographer who uh, said something that I really loved in terms of like posing these group shots together and really uh, like like making them feel uh, more dynamic and like really maintaining a line I mean use the illusion or the, um, the metaphor of like having like a many headed monster of like keeping like the bodies, like there's one body, but many heads, uh, and, and keeping it, uh, yeah, it was like how he put it like that really made, really made a lot of sense to me. Um, so yeah, no, I mean, the group shots are, are, are ever evolving, like, uh, uh challenge, but, uh, yeah, so we we get them in there occasionally, but it's definitely more sort of single portrait based work.
0: So let me ask you this: when you're when you're going into an office building with an assignment to shoot some headshots, what are the? Because if you've done this long enough, then what are the? Um, there must be patterns of things that pop into your brain that that you just you know to make your job easier or stuff that you. Through through experience you have to look out for. What are some of those things?
1: Um, Well, I mean, uh, usually the first thing that I'm noticing is color temperature. Um, And dealing, I feel like the main thing that I'm always wrangling in these shoots is maintaining some sort of consistency in color temperature. Um, Because in a lot of office buildings, like you're getting like different color temperature from whatever lights they have up in the ceiling, you know, like whatever, like, um, you know, like like where the ambient is coming from from the windows so i mean sometimes you're having to like decide like what you're going to kind of like lean more towards depending on like what the ambient what ambient is happening in the space so so that's like like the, the very first thing that i'm looking at because uh, so often there's just a lot of mix happening so i'm trying to go in and just like create something that looks really clean and and not too distracting to where if I'm having to balance for, you know, all of this tungsten stuff that's happening inside, but we've got like crazy, crazy blue, um, you know, distracting hues coming in from the windows. So I'm trying to minimize like all of that as possible. And, and also like not trying to like fight too much, like what's happening in there and really like, like motivate my setup based on what is happening with the ambient light because like what I'm really trying to do more often these days too, is to light, you know, a person in these spaces, but not really calling so much attention to like, this is a strobe lit setup, um, like make them look great, but like somehow like make it like, make it motivated, make it feel like, like, you know, it's like a natural look, you know, within the space, which, you know, can be really, really hard to do with um especially with all the different color temperatures happening in the office spaces. So that's definitely kind of like the first thing that like pings off in my brain like when I'm when I'm like walking into the location. Mm-hmm. Um and then uh yeah, no of course it's like you know exit sign I feel like um like DPs or people who do like any sort of like narrative shooting as well will find it's like, there's always like an exit sign or a door handle or something that like you wish wasn't there, like in your frame that you're constantly dealing with. So it's like, I'm kind of like always looking for like how we can kind of like art direct the space to look good without like also like making it look like over, like, like over bust over if that makes any sense yeah yeah but um yeah yeah um i mean those i I just came off of a. I just came off of like a four day it was like a four day long shoot where we fit in oh man we shot so many different setups because this was less um less headshot based and more i mean it was like a portrait um like portrait based uh commercial shoot for like a um like a uh, like a campaign advertising campaign, this company was doing. Um, and it was a really interesting four days of, uh, of, of doing just that, of, of, finding all of these setups that you, we, that we could motivate the ambient and basically put a slick look like on top of, um, on top of a location to like, uh, I mean, to really, um, yeah, I get like a slick editorial look, but that it basically pumps the ambient up, like to what is already there, but like just like puts that kind of sheen on top of it, you know?
0: Yeah, you're enhancing it.
1: Yeah, 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 exactly.
0: So when you're doing these corporate jobs, you're not just doing one setup fits everybody. You're actually like going all over the place in terms of the building.
1: I mean in that in 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 that particular job yeah we were doing like like uh, we're fitting a lot of different setups and looks like with within this uh thing so it was it was it was definitely like kind of the biggest shoot that I'd ever had to manage thus far like in terms of like how many people were shooting or the kind of mix of getting um both portrait and, uh, a kind of a corporate lifestyle type, uh, uh, images as well. And to direct, you know, people that, you know, are not actors or not models or anything like that to, um, not just direct them in a portrait kind of way in the way that, you know, we're used to like, you know, with headshots, but also like, um, you know, like set up situations to get them to look, uh, you know, like, uh, like candid and natural, like uh, when, uh, within a little scene that we're setting up and also like try to stay away from making it look like, you know, like really bad corporate, uh, stock photography. (laughs) Um, but, uh, but there are definitely like, you know, like the headshot shoots where I'll go in and it's, it's more or less like the same setup for every single person. Um, because, you know, of course, if you're doing like, you know, 30 40 people in a day which would definitely be on the high end for me like uh you know you've kind of got no other choice but to you know stick you know stick with one maybe two setups
0: gotcha yeah so you mentioned transitioning more into advertising and uh commercial work how does that happen so how do you what Mm. how do you transition from headshot work into more of a commercial editorial advertising space
1: yeah man yeah i mean that's it's yeah i'm in the middle of uh yeah doing that right now and i mean from from where i'm standing and like what i think the key is is starting is is it really starts with personal work of basically shooting like starting with shooting things that you want to get hired for and And then start showing just that and like start posting like with, you know, just that stuff and really kind of trying to, you know, make work that you really want to do and produce it in, you know, you know, to the best of your means to make it look like it already belongs, like in whatever it is that you're shooting for, like whoever you think like your ideal clients might be, um. I mean, that I feel like is, is the way to get started on it. And, um, I mean, because nobody is going to hire you for work that they, you know, imagine you might be able to do. Um, so, I mean, starting, starting with the personal work and really get, getting focused on, on like posting that, like, you know, all up in your websites and social, social media. So it doesn't like, um, confuse you know people uh, yeah. and that's something else like you know i'm uh trying to be uh, more diligent with myself on like you know like the, the the kind of stuff that i'll uh, post up on on social media because i like to do a lot of different stuff but like uh uh when you're really kind of like trying to focus in on a market and uh and i mean yeah you know all about this like getting your consistency down like with like what you're putting out there in the world um but yeah, like, you know, like so I've been working, I've been producing a lot of shoots uh, myself that, um, that is just stuff that I enjoy that I think, you know, will, uh, you know, work for like, um, uh, you know, some of the, like say magazine clients that, I, that I'd like to start working for. And, um, and yeah, get it like, uh, getting marketing a campaign going to where you're like, you know, sending mailers out, you know, to people going to portfolio reviews, I think is really useful. And like trying to, get FaceTime and meet with uh you know some of these people that are in the position to 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 hire for these kind of jobs.
0: And the, the follow-up to that is and this is actually this is an interesting topic that I would love to discuss with you because looking at your work, there's a there's there's a what am I trying to say here? There's it's not just a consistency, but there's an aesthetic to it. It's mm-hmm. very yours. Yeah. And I always, and that I, I, it's all, every time photographers talk about, and I've talked about this, but every time people mention you have to find your voice in photography,
1: found, find your style. How do you do yeah. that? How do you think um,
0: that's done?
1: Oh, man. Uh, yeah, you're kind of walking in my brain right now a little bit like, yeah. Um, uh, I, I I just spent I did that um, John Keatley work workshop survival guide up in up in Seattle, which I highly recommend. Um, but uh, we talked about this a ton over the weekend, and um, I mean, I think a lot of it comes with. I mean, obviously, a lot of it comes with time uh, and with just like just shooting a lot, and then being able to kind of like look look sort of back over it, like what you've done over a period and try to zero in and find out, like to find portions of it that seem like the most truthful to you and to yourself. Like, I mean, cause it's so hard to just like, just say, Oh yeah, no, I'm going to start like, I don't know, shooting like, uh, with colored smoke bombs in my pictures. And that's now my personal <laughs> style or something like that. Like, um, it, I, I mean, I've always found it's like this, the the stuff that really starts to stick out as being like a part of your style and a part of your voice is usually the stuff that you have the most personal connection to, like the work that the. I mean, the work that really just like nobody else you know could have done except except for you or, oh, uh, and, and about, you know, with people that you have like a real feeling for or with, you know, on a, on a subject that is really, really close to you. I mean, I, I feel like, um, I mean, my project that I've been working on for, um, I'd say it's a been about two years now. Um, it's called, uh, it's called uh, we are stories, uh, faces of New York independent theater. Um, and it was basically starting. Uh, I started shooting uh, portraits with actors um, uh, that I had known. A lot of a lot of whom that I'd worked with. A lot of whom there were friends of mine. Um, but I had it in my head that I just I wanted to shoot the, a lot of these people who I thought were really interesting people, really talented, and and kind of a part of a community that. I had a lot of affection for that, you know, that I'd, I'd worked a lot in and I wanted to shoot them in a way that really sort of, um, I don't know, like made them feel kind of like iconic within their own world. Um, and it was through that project where I feel like I started to recognize a little bit more about like what my own like voice was starting to look like, you know, as it as, as portraiture was concerned, really, like in particular. Um, yeah, you know, I, you know, I think, I think, I think also getting other people's uh, like opinions on your work, people that you trust to to look at it and be able to kind of like really tell you what they're like, what they're responding to and what they're seeing in your work. Like, I feel like that can help like clarify for people, like what it is that, like what their voice looks like. Cause it can be hard. I feel like, I I feel like most photographers and I definitely feel like I include myself in this are not sometimes great editors of their own work. Um, I mean, because you're so close to it and you're, um, I mean usually so like emotional about it. You know, I know I am at least. Um, and I think most, and I think most photographers are, but, uh, yeah, getting another getting like other voices to come in and like, 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 let you know, like, you know, where like, where their stuff is really shining. And I think that that can like, really start to sort of like, peel back like the film of like, being able to like clearly see like what your strengths are and like what, yeah, like, w- what stuff like really rings true you know to you. Okay. So that's a, con- that's a little convoluted maybe. <laughs> no, I got it. I get, but, yeah. uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, a, I, I mean, I think it's the hardest thing. I mean, I think it's the hardest thing to try. I mean, if, if, I mean, if any, any photographer that, you know, that like really develops like that, uh, a style that, uh, is, is, is personal to them and where you feel like you can spot like one of their pictures. I mean, God, that's like, that's half the battle, you know, right there, you know, I feel like that's the key. I mean, that's the key to really having kind of longevity in the business.
0: And I guess that's where all that's what we're all looking for. Right. Like, yeah, if you look at an Avedon shot, you instantly know it's his. Yeah. And like, if you look at, even though they're both black and white, if you look at a, a Peter Lindbergh shot, it's Mm -hmm. two completely different bodies of work, but, they're so identifiable,
1: yeah. And that's yeah. the
0: thing. That's that's the voice thing. That what make what how did Lindbergh That's what I would love to Lindbergh You know, if you're uh, listening to this, I want to talk sure, to you.
1: Sure, I, 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 I. He's he can't be busy with much else. Yeah, I mean, what,
0: what really is he? What does he got going on?
1: You know, I um. This is another like thing that Ke- uh, that Keatley said that I um that I've been uh, using to help um, curate myself uh, in terms of like, like like things that I'll post and um and uh, and really like building up like the perception of like you know my my personal voice and I thought it was a really great exercise but it was I mean, it was basically like going through and identifying like say you know seven key uh, adjectives or adjectives, phrases, ideas, um, that describe you and, and like narrow that down, you know, to a list that, you know, is honest and feels truthful to you. And basically like look at your work and like anything that like doesn't really like have like reflect like something like in that list, like, should probably go and should you and, and you and you probably like shouldn't show and that's uh and that's a hard thing to do especially like when you have photos that you you know will love for whatever you know for whatever reason you know um i felt like that to, i thought that was really great advice because i feel like it really like forces you to like be focused in like like in your body of work and like and i think helps people to like identify your style like yeah, it, that,
0: it, that's interesting so you're let me see if i got it right so you're finding adjectives of yourself and then trying to find those into your body of works that is that right
1: yeah, yeah like for example like 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 i know for me like i i feel like i direct in a very introspective, like uh, way for, um, for a lot of my portraits and there's that quality that's there and it has to do, I mean, with, you know, how I am as a person. Um, but I feel like also reflects itself like in, in my work. So like, that's like one quality that like, um, inevitably, I mean, a lot of times it makes it into my work with, I mean, I'm not like really thinking about it. Like it just happens, but, um, but like, yeah, so it's like if you're like identifying like, you know, like, um, yeah, a list of a, li- a list of those adjectives and like looking at your work and kind of like stacking it up and again. It's like, does this photo um, does this contain like, you know, me in it is like, am I like, like, am I seeing like a part of myself like in in this work? Because I think at the end of the day, too, it's like that's the stuff, the stuff that really like is closest to you. Um that like has as much of you in it as it can, like that's going to be like the most resonating and, and successful work. Um, yeah. And I think that you see that. And with, um, I mean, that's, uh, you know, like, yeah, Peter Lindbergh, Richard Avedon, you know, uh, or, a. Uh, you know, Irving Penn or whatever, like, you know, though, I mean, there's, there's a real sort of consistency in, in style and vision and point of view, I think too, about people, about the world. That's where I think, you know, that's where I think that so much is lacking in like, uh, some people's work is that you can tell, I feel like a lot of times when somebody, doesn't really have like a real point of view on on what they're doing or why like you know or or like yeah the why i feel like is missing a lot of times because that's that's a question that i feel myself asking myself like a lot like why do i need to take this photo and if you can't answer that like for yourself then like i feel like that's a problem because if like if you don't know why you're taking it and like what you're going to get out of it, then why would anybody else care? You know? Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And I feel like the the people that really have strong sense of have a strong vision, strong sense of style are like a lot more rock solid on the why.
0: Hmm. Oh, that's, 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 I never thought of it that way.
1: Um, yeah, I hadn't really either until recently. And, you know, it's like, cause it's funny, you don't go around like, um, like actively thinking about, uh, a lot of this stuff some of the times, but I, I, I definitely like, it's definitely been bouncing in my head recently, especially when like, like, for example, I, uh, just for myself, I started to try to do just, uh, like more street portraits, um, because it was something that, um, actually, I mean, it would give me like, kind of like anxiety. Like I'm good at like, you know, like with people and directing, you know, anybody that has like agreed to be in front of my camera, it's like, great. Like we're, I'm, I'm ready to go for that. But to approach a stranger and try to um, negotiate that situation, like that was always felt really hard for me. Right. Um. So I kind of give myself the task of, you know, just starting to do that, to kind of get, get out of your comfort zone. And it was for no other reason other than it was something I just felt like doing. But then also like I would have in the back of my head, like when I would see like a person that I thought might be interesting, you know, or whatever, or a scene, I, you know, would think to myself, okay, like, well, why do you, well, can't like, why do you want to take this picture? Like, you know, like, like, and if I couldn't, if I didn't have a good reason, or if the reason for me felt like kind of shallow, Uh, Then I just decided to keep to keep walking um, and and not take it, Um, you know, and now I mean, that's just that's just me, I think, like trying to like clarify for myself, you know, why I, you know, why I do what I do. So but, yeah, we got really, f- we're getting really philosophical in here. Well, I love it. But don't <laughs> you fear,
0: <laughs> don't you fear overthinking it too much? And yes. yes, who's to say that that picture you didn't take because you thought there you couldn't find a justification for it. Who's to say that that picture wasn't the best picture you'd ever taken in your life.
1: That's an excellent point. Like, <laughs> yes, I do. I, 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 I agree with that as well. Like, um, like there, I, there's, there's definitely like um, an aspect of like getting like way too much in your head, you know, with everything that I'm talking about right now. Like, yeah, it's kind of a balance, right? Like, you know, like, uh, like, like with most things, um, because I definitely have some stuff too that I've taken that I just, it's something that I shot that I didn't like, or even during a, like a setup shoot, like there'll be images that like when I took them, like I almost like couldn't remember taking them, like but then in the edit, like they would end up be being like some of my favorite photos um and some of that is probably just that exact thing of like either it's like there was like not like it wasn't being like overthought and it wasn't like overly overly fussed over and and uh and because of that, like it's uh it really shines, so yeah, no. I think uh I think you definitely have a point with that too.
0: No, the reason why I say that is because I went through um a couple of years ago I had a I had my McNally phase where every portrait I took I would want to make a massive production out of it and like set up mm-hmm. like seven lights and go crazy absolutely crazy with these portraits but then at the end I would look at them and go, oh, this is great. Like, this is a technical masterpiece. But then other people would look at it and go, eh, the picture is not really good. And I'd go, what do you mean? Like, look at, look at the technical intricacies. Yeah. Look, look, look how technical and look how well done yeah. this is. And people would just go, yeah, but the picture sucks. Like, the yeah. person in it is not shining. Yeah, yeah. You're talking about the technical stuff and yeah, that's really well done, but that's not the point of the picture. And that yeah. just like broke my brain. Like, yeah. holy crap.
1: Yeah, you're that's right. the why. Yeah, that's the why. Like, why? Like, why do it? You yeah. know, uh, what's it about? Um, yeah, no, I, I think we all have like, you know, stuff like that and go through. And I mean, especially when I feel like you're learning or like really getting a handle like on a new sort of technical aspect of 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 the craft you know um and when you're kind of like in that zone where you've like just like like figured, like you feel like you just like cracked you know like uh something or like made a like a technical breakthrough yeah. um then you just like you have like you know that predominantly in your head of like you're because you're in that mode like that's where your head is at and you're thinking like you know, about about all that, you know, technical stuff rather than like, uh, like, yeah, either focusing in on the person or what the story is or, you know, and all that. Yeah, I think that that's, uh, I think that everybody goes, goes through that, at, you know, at, at, even at high, even at high levels of, you know, people's careers. I think that that's definitely like an easy thing to fall into.
0: It's just interesting because nowadays I find myself, overly simplifying, like making myself be simple, like going with just one light and just focusing on the person.
1: Yeah. I I had one like that just the other day where I, um, I, I, yeah, I had this, you know, it was another location shoot lights, you know, I had like lights outdoors, um, but also dealing with wind and dealing with all of this shit and like that, um, that I felt like I was you get that feeling where you're trying to put like a round peg through a square hole. Yeah. Um, and, or, or vice versa, (laughs) however that metaphor looks. Um, but, um, we got it. And yeah, you got it. And finally it was just like, uh, duh. Like, let's just like, and, and finally it's like something clicked over. I was like, wait, like the natural light's beautiful right now. Like let's just do that and move forward. And like all of a sudden, like, you know, everything like started to get like way better, way quicker. And I was focused on the people and I was focused on like, like the story of what I was doing in the frame and like, and yeah, like I, you know, that's, that's where actually I feel like my background in wedding photography is like served me pretty well. Cause I feel like I've gotten better at being able to quickly recognize like when something isn't working and and simplify it and move on quickly. And just like, and just quickly kind of, I got, it's like, okay, I got that out of my system. I tried that. Uh, it's not working, but like, I'll, I'll very rarely like keep, try to keep pushing, like, like be it a setup or like a pose or a location or an idea that just like, that seems to be like going nowhere, like after like, you know, five, ten minutes or something like that. Um, and then you're losing your subjects to like, wow, wow, all of that is going on and you're like fussing with everything. So yeah, no, I uh definitely yeah. like to try to keep it moving these days.
0: The other the other day I was having a conversation with somebody about this and it made me realize um something that I think it's interesting is that us as photographers, like photography is a never it's it's an ever evolving process like you can't just you never master photography because stuff is always changing like um like fashion like like trends are always changing Mm -hmm. um and i i feel like whenever i try something new i tend to want to control it because Mm -hmm. so let's say i wasn't let's so this period when i was where i was being really complicated with lighting is I wasn't very proficient with it so I was trying to be over like go over the top and try to control yeah. every single detail about it now it's yeah. with posing like I th- Yeah. like my portraiture I I try because I'm starting to learn about posing and stuff and and that's also because I think now, like, when people, when photographers look at tutorials, they're so overly focused and overly saturated with, um, for instance, like, posing tutorials. It's like you have this pose, and then you have this pose, and this hand should do this, and this hand should do that, and then you have the feet, and then you have this. So it's yeah, so obsessive yeah. with, all, like, every – with what every – single part of the body is doing. And then you want to translate that into photography and people just look weird
1: because they are
0: not comfortable.
1: Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, I think I guess it's natural in that, like, you know, when somebody feels like they might not, they feel like they might not be proficient at a thing. So it's like, they kind of like, will then go overkill on you know, yeah, trying to control like control every aspect, but then like, like they kind of can't see the forest for the trees, you know, like you know a little a little bit, like and then get like yeah, things get stilted. Yeah, I see that in a lot of. I I see that a lot when people are kind of like trying to like copy somebody. Uh, I mean, me I don't know if copies though, word, because I don't know that's usually not always the intent so that they're trying to copy another photographer's style. It would be more like emulate them, emulate them. Sure. Which, you know, that's, it's, you know, which of course i I feel like everybody kind of does it even subconsciously to yeah. some degree or another. Um, and that's how you learn. But, um, but yeah, I feel like when, you know, people are like trying to overly emulate like somebody else's work, like that's when like stuff starts to look crazy stilted like that. I was, yeah, I felt like I was um, that way with some of my posing for a while, like until like I would just try to take it down a notch and really just like check back in with who the person is that's sitting like on the other end of my lens and like slow it down, like look at them, like how do they look like naturally, like insert like basing and like, taking all of those little sort of like – tips and tricks and all of that stuff, but really just kind of like work it into like who this person is instead of like trying to make them look like something else that you have in your head. Like I I feel like sometimes it's like, at least I feel like this can happen to me. It's like, where it's like, I'll go in kind of thinking I know the kind of shot that I want to get. And, and I, and I'm seeing like the, who the person is in this shot like in my head and that's all fine and good because it's like you have a plan but like but then you got to account for the person that you do actually have like in front of you and it's like you're trying to like force them like you know into a mold that they don't fit in then uh then yeah like things get weird
0: <laughs>
1: yeah
0: and like nowadays I remember I just had a shoot so we had a um Peter came to Lisbon, and so we had a, a quick Hitchhack Crew meetup here. And then Sweet. we had a London photographer come in, and he was here for a day. So he left on Friday, but I told him, before you go, uh, what time's your flight? He was like, I think it was 7 o'clock, so I would go. So at 6, could you make it to the studio at 6? I, lo- I would love to shoot you. The guy has a really interesting look. And so he gets to the studio at like 6.30, and he has to be at the airport by seven. Um, he well, he gets in the Uber at six thirty. He gets to the studio at six forty-five, and I'm like, sheesh. okay." So that's f- ten minutes to this, to the airport. I have five minutes to shoot this person. And my brain starts going, "Okay, how how am I gonna pose him? How am I gonna do it?" Like I'm going through all like these mental pictures that I have from like going mm-hmm. on Pinterest and looking at posing
1: stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: And all of a sudden, I just think to myself, you know what? Just tell him to sit down. Yeah. I just go, Ivan, just just sit over there on that apple box. And he does. And I'd never done that before where I just go, okay, yeah, that looks great. Because I always go, okay, sit down, put your feet like this, and then your hand goes on there. And people are always looking at me trying to follow these weird directions that they would never do if they were just sitting down. He sits, he sits down. He's just comfortable.
1: Yeah. 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 And like, just like being in tune, like with what's happening in front of you, like, uh, that's like, that's so much of it. You know, um, I feel like we can get wrapped up. Yeah. With, you know, I know, like, I feel like I went through a period where I wasn't trusting, like just like letting a picture be, a little bit more still, I think it goes back to like, maybe my, like a bit of my personal, just, um, a- aesthetic right now, or like what I'm looking for, or I felt like I had to like, make it f- like, I don't know, like make it either fancier or, or make, like give it something else when it didn't really need anything else. Like, you know, you like you, you, people, you know, are infinitely like, um, you know fascinating on their own and uh and i'm much more drawn uh these days to like subtleties and, uh, and and spending a time time with the photo and like really like letting somebody like do much less um and uh yeah no it's like i i felt like i was like would like try to like put too much like on top of like either stuff i'm making them do or um like expressions, like I'm trying to like, get out of them for the, for the sake sometimes of like just trying to see where it goes, which, you know, is useful, of course, you know, too. And it's like a lot of what we do as headshot photographers. um, But, uh, but more often than not, it was just better if it, it was just I was like, really talking to them, like really in tune with them. And like, making it just much more simple. Um, but yeah, no, I think that, I think that it's true though, that it, it, you got to kind of go through like all of this stuff to kind of get back to a simpler place and like, and that's kind of like what makes you better. Like, <laughs> I think, you know, <laughs> but I, I hope, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's
0: introduced. Um, yeah, it's just introduce letting go of, too much control and introducing a little bit of reaction to your portrait work, even though you're, even though the person Mm -hmm. is, is like, they clearly know that they're being photographed. I think, I think it's two Mm -hmm. different styles of portraiture. Like if you're shooting street portraits and you're not telling everybody that they're that you're taking their picture, it's completely different than, you know. Oh
1: yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah
0: but there's still you still need to react to the person you can't just try to control everything
1: oh yeah no that's that's got to be what makes it a dialogue you know and that's much more well like a it's like i find it to be a much more satisfying and interesting like shoot experience for myself but then i think usually translates to like a better picture too but there's something to be said for um you know, it's funny, I was listening, I, I you know, I, I listened recently to the to interview you did with, uh, with, with, with Michael Schacht and he talked about Annie Leibwitz and, uh, and, uh, her kind of quote in her masterclass of like, um, not feeling like it's like the photographer's job to necessarily like make a, a person comfortable, uh, or any of that. And, uh, and I think a lot of us kind of like especially kind of with our backgrounds as headshot photographers, you know, um, kind of recoil from like a sort of point of view like that. But I feel like there's also kind of something to be said for depending on what the style of like what the the purpose, you know, of the of the photo is and like what you're really looking for of like sometimes just like letting a person letting a person be who they are in that situation like like th- that's why sometimes i've really liked setting up shoots that really it's like there's no illusion around the fact that this is like a photo shoot like meaning like shooting in the studio like those kind of like studio shoots like you know that uh you know show bits of environment like the kind of like you know uh, the you know the uh, fourth wall is revealed you know oh, yeah. uh you know, be it. And letting that person like navigate that space, like uh, just in how they are at the moment and like just seeing like what happens and maybe don't give them like too much. I mean, the, the, it's, it's a, it's, it's something I've like, you know, flirted with in certain shoots, just because it's like, I could tell it's like, there's something interesting that's happening with this person. And it might not be like the most flattering thing. And that's the thing. It's like. It, it it's not always results in a picture that's like flattering for that person but like but it's real but it's real and like flattery isn't always just isn't always like the um the kind of intent you know but um but it's real yeah um but yeah of course all of this depends just on what it is like what like yeah yeah like what like what is this photo for <laughs>
0: yeah i get just different stuff.
1: Oh god. Jeez, my brain hurts. Uh, no, I didn't mean to hurt your brain there. <laughs> no. Eh?
0: <laughs> it's just a very interesting conversation here. Um I did want to talk a little bit about. So I I've heard early in the conversation you did mention a little uh two-year project you've been embarking on and I would Oh yeah. I got a little bit intrigued. What's going on with that?
1: So, um, yeah, so I've been working, uh, so yeah, this project started, um, off like on my own, just taking uh, portraits of, um, of, um, actors in theater, uh, not just actors, but also like directors, writers in the New York, uh, indie theater scene that I've been involved, uh, with here, uh, you know, over the years. Um, and that has grown into like a full on, uh, like project, uh, uh, the name of the project is we are stories It's the faces of New York indie theater. And it was born out of doing I, I did a year-long grad program at the school of visual arts i had the opportunity to uh, to be involved in this thing and it was really really great experience and so i ended up like making that my thesis uh, uh project and it's resulted in a book that i've uh, that i've put together that is on blurb you can like go buy the present book as it is now and um the the book it's a look inside the uh the New York indie theater world that uh, is comprised of portraits and also a lot of documentary style imagery um and i wanted to kind of capture this world as i saw it right now especially kind of like in the wake of, i was really interested in a couple things well one like the spaces where I've done a lot of this theater work uh, here in New York that I had a lot of emotional connection to and a lot of which are kind of like disappearing um I mean right now like like a lot of the places in Manhattan I used to work at those are kind of like usually closing up all the time just because it's just hard to sustain like operating a small like indie theater that like, you know, that just doesn't make enough money to like be able to afford rents in Manhattan. So a lot of the stuff's made it at way, its way out to Brooklyn. And even out there, like, you know, you find, you know, places kind of like shutter all the time. So um, I really wanted to document some of these spaces and also some of these people that, you know, are really kind of um, pursuing like their artistic lives here in in an environment that just isn't always really like, um, an easy place to do it. Like, uh, I feel like present day New York, like doing this kind of work. It's like, you really only have, you are only doing it because you love it and you have to. And I was really focused. I really wanted to focus especially too on people that I knew that had been, you know, that were older into it. And are not necessarily like trying to use it as sort of a, um, you know, uh, a, a stop on the way to hopefully, you know, um, to, uh, being a movie star or, you know, or, or, or having even a big, bigger career, their lives, their artistic lives are really encompassed like in, in this world. And, um, and yeah, so it was really a passion project, uh, for me. Um, and I'm still working on it. I'm still shooting uh, people all the time. And, um, I was really lucky enough to have some great advisors, uh, on it. When I was working at SVA, I worked with, um, uh, Nigel Perry, who's uh, I mean, really a legendary portrait shooter. Um, and also, um, James Estrin over the New York times, um, who helped me with uh, the editing of a lot of the work. So, um, hopefully it's like, this is something that I'm, Working on for i mean another few years to where I have enough to where I can do a bigger book um, that is a little bit more um, encompassing you know especially of some of the places and i've um and I'm gonna start like uh, incorporating more um, text into it as well interviews stories um, and things like that uh, and something hopefully that you know I think will be interesting to people who are not just I think it I think theater people probably um you know innately would be uh, are usually more interested in in the project but I think um busting out the scope and really like including a lot more personal stories of some of the people that I'm covering um really kind of like help like bring the interest to people who just maybe don't know as much just about, you know, sort of the, you know, artistic lives of people like that. Um, and, uh, and yeah, and hopefully kind of like, I really wanted it to feel like a time capsule of, uh, you know, and love letter to like people in this place in time, um, and treat them and photo and and photograph them in a way that really lends them like a, a kind of like level of, respect you know as if i remember i I went off into the initial portraits thinking it's like i want to shoot this like they're um this is a profile piece for them like in the new yorker or or new york magazine or something um and that's kind of like how i had it in my head like uh when i started and it's kind of yeah, evolved to where a lot of the people like in the community, like, um, have responded really well, uh, to it, which has been great. And it's, um, and, and, so people have gotten really interested in wanting to be involved and also like, it kind of like branched out into where I'm getting hired to do, um, you know, work that looks more like, uh, uh these portraits, uh, just based on, um, you know how well they they've been received, which has been great. You know because oh, nice. yeah, yeah. Um, which I think then like circles back to like, uh, you know, like you know, say making these transitions to like maybe like you know from headshots to, you know, be it like say editorial or something. It's like doing these kind of things, these kind of projects that put yourself that put yourself out there and show like what you would do or what you would like, you know, to get hired for like a child. I think that that's how it starts happening.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. People need to know what you're capable of doing.
1: Yeah, for sure. For sure. But then, and but, and, and then also like showing people like wh- who you are, like that's, that's where I feel like personal work is, oh God, it's so important because it shows also people, not just, yeah, the type of work you can make, but like, what you're interested in, like, because if like, and, and that's from, from, from every interaction that I've had with, like, say, uh, you know, uh, editors or reps or art buyers, it's like the kind of work that, like, that they want to see from you, like really like more than anything is like your personal work, because it's like something that like tells them like something about who you are as a person, what you're interested in, what you're passionate about. Um, because it's, yeah, because it's stuff that you're not getting paid to do. And like, there's no other reason for you to do it other than, you know, you really want to love it. Yeah.
0: I love it. All right, buddy, we got to start wrapping up. Where can people go to find out more about you?
1: All right. Uh, let's see. Um, I'm at kentmeisterphotography.com. That's the website. It's uh, Instagram handle is just kentmeister. Um, and, uh, yeah, I guess I'm on, on, on Facebook too. Uh, just uh, kentmeister. You can find me in all those spots.
0: Wonderful. Well, this was,
1: uh, an amazing conversation. I loved it. Well, man, I'm flattered that you asked me, uh, that you asked me on bro. Um yeah, I hope it uh I hope it went well. Oh no,
0: you're on my list. No, I've been I've been following your work very closely and I think you're killing it.
1: ah uh, thank you so much, dude. Just keep very... doing
0: what you're doing. I just love
1: looking at it. Yeah, uh, right back at you, man. It was uh it was a pleasure, dude. Awesome. All right.
0: Uh I will talk to you soon, okay?
1: Okay. All right, All right. man. Take care. Thanks, man. All right. Bye. Bye.
0: Guys, this was an amazing episode. Um Really insightful conversation. Um, I don't know. I just love having a conversation like like these just about, you know, the psychology behind photography. I think it was great. Um, Again, thanks to Kent um, for, you know, spending an hour with me, having a conversation. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you guys are having fun with these um, podcasts. Again, if you're not a member, you know the drill free month promo code just give it a try what have you got to lose nothing to lose anyway guys thanks for listening i will uh talk to you guys next week have a wonderful week have a wonderful life and enjoy yourselves all right bye